0: So here we have it, Zaharova, who has obviously been watching my channel, because this was my joke. Zaharova called Zelensky President Lewinsky after his conversation with President or former President Clinton. There she is in all her glory. The Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zaharova called Ukrainian leader Volodymyr Zelensky President Lewinsky after his conversation with a former US President Bill Clinton. The diplomat wrote about this on August 9th in her Telegram channel. Quote, Vladimir Zelensky said that he talked with former US President Bill Clinton and thanked him for his support, the representative of the Russian Foreign Ministry said. She recalled that the American cable and satellite television network C-SPAN had nicknamed the president of Ukraine a year ago. I'm going to ignore that if that's true. Did they steal my Lewinsky joke? Ah, all right, I'll, I'll let them. I'll let them have that one. As Gazeta.ru recalls, a sex scandal with the 25-year-old White House employee Monica Lewinsky occurred in the late '90s of the last century. <laughs> that's such a good. Word. Oh man, I feel old. Contact with her almost cost old Bill his post. Gives you some more background here. Uh, On August 8th, State Duma deputy from the Crimean region, Mikhail Sheremet, compared the Ukrainian president with Moscow from Ivan Krylov's fable, The Elephant and the Pug, for his statements about the consequences for the Russian Federation if referendums are held in the liberated territories of Ukraine. The parliamentarian noted that the words of the president of Ukraine should not be taken seriously since he personally doesn't make decisions. A lot of truth is said in jest. It also goes on, on August 8th, uh, that was yesterday at the time of recording, the head of the Zaporozhye region, Yevhen Belitsky, instructed the election commission to start working on the issue of organising a referendum. The document was signed at the Forum of the Social Movement of Zaporozhye. We are together with Russia in Melito- Melitopol. And then goes on to give you some backgrounds. We're seeing quite a few regions conduct these referendums correct me if i'm wrong but has zelensky not gone lobbying other countries not to recognize the outcome such is the fear from ukraine of these being ratified and legally uh, these regions um, becoming part of the Russian Federation. Some regions have also implemented Russian driving licenses. We've seen, uh, was it CNN who uh, showed the images? No, it was that was it, the Swedish TV channel that showed the tears of joy when Ukrainians received their uh, Russian passports. And just yesterday, CNN reported that there were people leaving uh, areas of Ukraine to go to Zaporozhye to become part of the Russian Federation. Uh, the spin, I believe, from CNN was that these these people were going to pick up relatives and yet these were like cars loaded down with pets, everything. It was clear that they weren't going to pick anyone up. They were moving lock, stock and barrel. But there we are. Zakharova, clearly uh, an avid watcher of my channel, I.L. Grey, uh, has stolen my joke, basically, and called Zelensky President Lewinsky. So... Uh, let's move over to some of these pictures here. Uh, this is <laughs> the obedient puppet. Having a look at look at him. He's such a good little schoolboy, isn't he? Look at the little face and those furry hamster cheeks. Look at that. Yes, Daddy. Whatever you say, Daddy. We'll implement it, Daddy. Yeah. What a puppet. So now we have some uh, UK intelligence and um, I'm I'm not sure, I'm not sold on this. Uh, The headline is Ukraine, with the support of the UK, is trying to attack the Crimean Bridge from a merchant ship. Now this sounds sufficiently dastardly for a British plan, but I'm not convinced that this is leaked intelligence documents because I'm from England and I know if you give anyone MS Paint and a map, there's going to be a massive phallus drawn somewhere on it, uh, maybe if you look close enough, but clearly the British have opened up MS Paint and they've drawn some lines dotted, of course it's not the British, anyway, let's get into it anyway. Information was received from sources in Achakova and Chernomorsk that a specific scenario for an attack on the Crimean Bridge from the Sea is being discussed. The plan brackets, probably British) provides for the use of a merchant ship with a Ukrainian crew An ordinary crew is used in the dark, which is used as a carrier of attack weapons, an anti-ship or cruise missile launcher, possibly a type of container. In the photo, there are examples of the Chinese and Iranian experience. There are similar projects and Israel for the Laura missile system. The idea of a possible operation is expressed below. A Ukrainian ship, possibly under the flag of a third country, leaving Odessa, goes through the Bosphorus, unloads as part of a grain deal. Then in one of the European ports, for example in Cyprus, in Limassol, from the British Air Force base in Akrotiri, where there is a large airfield for the delivery of such cargo, loads a container or a missile launcher. Boats with explosives or unmanned aerial vehicles can be considered as an alternative. And a team of mercenaries, most likely NATO officers. This is a test launch of the Israeli Laura container-launched missile. So this isn't a new delivery mechanism. This isn't a completely new project. This is something that's been tested and trialed and even, indeed, here, tested and implemented. In addition, the ship returns to the Black Sea with a conditional cargo from Trabzon or Batumi without being subject to control over the grain deal. Interesting. Yes, I believe, was it not, that um, UN and Turkey would be implementing the inspections. I'm sure there's a way around it, especially, you know, in this corrupt world. Maybe you can bribe a few Turkish officials. Uh, UN, UN's as corrupt as they come anyway. So, yeah, I guess you could get around that. During the voyage, having forecast a period of bad weather and operating at night, the ship diverts to the Crimean Bridge and launches missiles at the designated target of NATO reconnaissance aircraft regularly operating in the Black Sea and using possible options to illuminate an object on the ground of the GUR agent's MOU. After the launches, the calculation is removed by motorboat and leaves the launch site. The ship returns to its destination, where the installation is removed from the ship and transported to one of the NATO bases in Georgia. The possibility of loading the unit-slash-container in Turkey cannot be ruled out. I agree. Ah, oh, wow! That kind of looks like the S-300 system, isn't it? Where it loads... Whoa! What do you make of that? Wow! Such an attack is unlikely to cause critical damage to the bridge. But here, the emphasis is on the media effect of hitting a major object, bypassing the air defense systems from pending attacks from the Zaporozhye direction. Well, well, well. So, the, it's, it's guessed to be the sneaky British. And here is the highly technical and detailed <laughs> MS Paint intelligence plan. But quite a fascinating theory, let's say. I don't know if if any of this is true whatsoever. And then let's face it, if I'm reading about it, you're seeing it now, it's quite likely the Russians are fully prepared for such an eventuality. I can't say all eventualities, but particularly this one, yeah, they're not going to be... I don't think they're going to be caught with their pants down. We've got Sevastopol here. I'm guessing that all this area here is being closely monitored and guarded. You've got uh, Krasnodar, Krasnodar around here. You've got Russian territory. So there's there's plenty of excuses for Russian patrol boats and vessels and aviation to be patrolling this area. But how much? I don't know about the sea lanes. How much of that is frequented by maritime training vessels? So uh, we even have uh, Gruzia, which is Georgia, over here. And here was the. Um, dock the port that was posited as one of the possible locations. So, who done it? We shall see on that one. So, moving on. Uh, Volodin told how the US and the EU flogged themselves. Volodin said that 77.6% of foreign companies did not close their business in Russia. Okay, flip that headline round. If you're reading it in Google News, it'll be like. Nearly 25% of, co- of companies uh, ex- exodus exit Russia en masse, in panic, whatever. Anyway, let's get into the actual article, sorry for digressing. The vast majority of foreign enterprises did not begin to close their business in Russia, State Duma Speaker Vyacheslav Volodin said on Telegram. So according to him, despite the unprecedented pressure, blackmail and sanctions... of the 1,382 foreign companies remained in the country. That's a very specific figure. I like that. Quote, Washington and Brussels flogged themselves. The sanctions policy led to rising prices, inflation, and a shortage of energy resources, Volodin stressed. He noted that the foreign companies are reluctant to leave the Russian market because this is not only fraught with costs for them, but also deprives them of the prospects for returning yesterday i reported on Societe general bank losing 3.3 billion euros among uh, mercedes who lost hundreds of millions of dollars and the list goes on doesn't it shell being another one bp being another one renault uh, did they not post like a billion euro losses after exiting russia Um, the Kremlin called these measures an economic war like no other, as President Vladimir Putin has pointed out. The policy of containing and weakening Russia is a long-term strategy for the West, but the sanctions have dealt a severe blow to the entire global economy. Uh, Then it's got this really cool uh, graphic here. It's kind of like the ones you see on YouTube, how sanctions were imposed against Russia, and it's got this cool little timeline. So let's have a, a little play we've got the European Union, France there, leading the way at the beginning. Then Switzerland jumps up. European Union isn't to be outdone. Then Great Britain leading the charge. Switzerland again vying for top swap. But then we've got the US. Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. It's like watching horse racing. Great Britain right up there. Look at that. 1,124 sanctions. Switzerland not to be outdone with 1,283. So I believe Switzerland, of all people... Are the, are the ones with the most sanctions imposed against Russia and uh, Great Britain at, at second place and the USA at third? Well, of course, how many of these have been rolled back? I wonder. Uh, talking of containing Russia, Zelensky's urged Western countries to close entry for all Russians. Again, I'm going to have to use the tired cliche I did not see that coming. Because uh, was that not something a previous government of a previous country in a previous time attempted to do? If Again, I'm a bit cloudy on that aspect. But a Western country should force all Russians to return to Russia and, quote, live in their own world until they change their philosophy, the president of Ukraine believes. As they like, sit in the corner and think about what you've done. Now, remember, when all this kicked off and all the sanctions, it was never about punishing the citizens, was it? And again, it's a tired old cliche at this point. But obviously it all was. It was absolutely geared against Russian people. Uh, according to Zelensky, this is the only way to influence Putin. Uh, sorry, what? Ha- well, so all your citizens are in your country where you want them, where you need them, should you do And paying taxes as well. Uh, I, I really... That's a drug... Addled mind, isn't it, of Zelensky? (laughs) Western countries should ban all Russians from entering their territory. Uh, This was stated in an interview with the Washington Post. According to him, all previously imposed sanctions against Russia are weak. (laughs) We've just seen Switzerland with like (laughs) 1,284. Compared to the closure of borders for Russian citizens for one year. And a complete embargo on the purchase of Russian energy. Really, He really does talk the talk, doesn't he? He's such a comedian. So you've got to go and sit in the corner for one year and think about what you've done. And ideally, uh, if you could participate in a bit of regime change, that would be pretty decent of you. The most important sanctions are closing the borders because the Russians are taking away foreign land. What? Why didn't we think of this? That's the answer. So if you just close the borders, then they can't come across them so why didn't, why didn't Ukraine close their border? So you're telling me that Ukraine issued visas to all the participants of the special military operation. That's why they're taking land. I, I think that's what he means because, you know, Germany's, you know, Germany's not being having its land taken, is it? And they're issuing visas for Russians. I, I really struggle with the logic sometimes from this uh, chicken of Kiev, uh, adding that the Russians should live in their own world until they change their philosophy. Uh, The Ukrainian leader believes that it is possible to, quote, call the entire population, end quote, of Russia to account by isolating it. Quote, you are telling the whole world that it must live by your rules. Then go and live there. This is the only way to influence Russian President Vladimir Putin, he concluded. Uh, From February 26th, the European Union suspended the simplified visa regime with Russia which meant a simplified procedure for processing documents for officials and entrepreneurs, so not really that much. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think uh, Russia reciprocated. They did for certain countries, but, yeah, that's complicated. So another brilliant brainchild of Zelensky, and I'm guessing it will be implemented around the same time the Million Man Army hangs the Ukrainian flag on, quote, the ruins of the Kremlin. So well done, Zelensky. Uh we even have uh, Kaja Kalas here, uh, not to be outdone. She's from Estonia, I believe. Was this, is this former Prime Minister? I lose track because she resigned, but then she didn't step down or something. She says, stop issuing tourist visas to Russians. Visiting Europe is a privilege, not a human right. Air travel from RU is shut down. It means while Schengen countries issue visas, neighbours to Russia carry the burden. Uh, I don't know what FI is. EE, I'm guessing is Estonia. And LV is Latvia. Sole access points. Uh, I'm guessing FI is Finland. Time to end tourism from Russia now. <laughs> oh, man, what do they? What do they? I was going to say, what do they smoke? I don't want to make another drug reference, but it's, it's pretty hard. So yeah, some harsh rhetoric coming out of Estonia. The little barking dog on the border that just needs to be punted in the face, in my opinion. Uh, The Ministry of Defence of Russia has warned of a a catastrophe due to the shelling of the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant. Again, this is rather reminiscent of what the BBC was screaming back on the 4th of March. I've already referenced them before, and I'll reference them again. Uh, This is, once more, this ongoing story that we've had with attacks on this power plant, continued shelling of the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant by Ukraine, could lead to a global man-made disaster. The plant is in danger, said Colonel General Mikhail Mizintsev, head of the Russian National Defense Control Center, according to the Ministry's Telegram channel. Quote, in the event of an accident at the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant, a global man-made disaster will occur, which, in terms of the scale of radioactive contamination, will significantly exceed the consequences of the accidents at nuclear power plants in Chernobyl and Fukushima. Mizintsev said. uh, According to the general, in the event of an accident, the zone of radiation contamination will be more than 5.3 thousand square kilometers. It will include Kiev, Zaporozhye, Kharkov, Poltava, Kherson, Odessa, Nikolaev, Kirovgrad, and Vinnytsia regions, the DPR and LPR the border regions of Russia, Belarus, Bulgaria, and Romania. Well, that tells me, given how much, uh, how many of these names listed are in Russian control, that kind of gives me motive. That tells me who is more motivated to engineer a disaster at the Zaporozhye nuclear plant. What do you think? And then it kind of also tells me that if it will include Kiev... You'd say, oh, no, that's, that's impossible, because Zelensky's... Uh, is he? Green-screen Zelensky. It's quite funny, because zelony is green. So Zelon. I should call him Zeloniski Green-screen Zelensky, who is most likely uh, in quite a safe place. What, Poland, you reckon? Further away? In addition, after the accident, the Black and Azov Seas, as well as the Bosphorus Strait, will cease to be suitable for navigation for a long time. The coasts of Turkey, Georgia... Abkhazia, Bulgaria, and Romania will be contaminated with high levels of radiation. Zaporozhye NPP is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. It is located in the city of Enegarda, cool name, on February 28th. Four days! After the start of the military operation in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense announced that the territory of the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant had been taken under control. And oh boy, did we hear about that. We heard no end about it, did we? On the 4th of March, Ukraine nuclear power plant, Russia in control after shelling, which it was proven it wasn't shelling. And again, why would you blow up a nuclear power plant in an area that you wish to occupy and control? Uh, it said a fire started. I think if it was shelled, there'd be more than just a fire starting. And I think RT showed some um, footage at the time. The UN's nuclear watchdog said radiation and the safety of the reactors were not affected at the time. Remember, this article from the 4th of March. World leaders have accused Russia of endangering the safety of an entire continent. And Ukraine's president accused Russia of nuclear terror. So why aren't they doing it now? Now that Ukraine is shelling, repeatedly, uh, what was it injuring, injuring numerous employees of the plant, and coming very close. U.S. President Joe Biden urged Moscow to stop its military activities around the site. So why is he not condemning Ukraine, telling them not to do it? Well, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said the horrific attacks from Russia must cease immediately. So when should the horrific attacks of Ukraine cease, Trudeau? Or you've just not got the memo on this one. Just, uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that the re- reckless attack could directly threaten the safety of all of Europe. <laughs> well, he's a bit quiet now, isn't he? Or maybe these attacks, because they were from HIMARS, are uh, so surgical that they're not really a problem. All three leaders spoke to Ukraine's pros- pres- President Volodymyr Vleded- by phone. Zelonisky, meanwhile, or Lewinsky, as he's now known, said the attack could have caused destruction equal to six Chernobyls, the site of the world's worst nuclear disaster plant in 1986. Quote, if there is an explosion, it is the end of everything. The end of Europe, he said. So why are you shelling it now? You moron. Uh, which leads on to a press review uh, which also talks about the Israel-Gaza ceasefire. But we have the Zaporozhye region here. These are the top stories. Uh, Kiev seems to have taken advantage of the August 5th and 7th attacks on the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant located in an area controlled by Russian troops to call for another package of sanctions against Moscow. I, I, I still don't understand the logic on that. So you're claiming Russia's shelling itself, so you should sanction Russia's nuclear. Or what, make it harder for Russia to maintain its nuclear? Do you want to do that? That's a bit odd. According to Western Media Reports, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has discussed the issue with the European Council President Charles Michel, Vidomosti writes... Ukraine has been demanding sanctions on Russia's Rosatom State Nuclear Energy Corporation since late February, but to no avail so far, because cutting ties with the Russian corporation will be painful for the European Union. Uh, Chief Alec- Editor-in-chief Alexander Uru- Uvarov pointed out, several nuclear power plants in Europe, two in the Czech Republic, one in Hungary, one in Bulgaria, and another one in Finland, fully depend on Russian nuclear f- fuel supplies, the expert noted. In theory, they can turn to the US-based Westinghouse company, but the Americans won't be able to meet the needs of all of Ross Atom's European clients. Sounds very much like the LNG situation, doesn't it? Come buy our LNG. Oh, shit, we don't have enough. <laughs> Price goes up. If the EU imposed sanctions on Rosatom over developments around the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant, it would be strange, to say the least, because it's not the Russian corporation's actions that have created the current situation, but Ukraine's attacks. Russian International Affairs Council expert Ivan Timofeev emphasised, in his view, such a scenario is unlikely. If Rosatom is cut off from normal transactions and faces a partial ban on equipment supplies, it will call the industry security into question, the expert warned. Such steps will pose highly improbable but specific risks that the EU will hardly be willing to take, he noted. However, targeted sanctions on senior managers at the Russian state corporation and government officials are possible, though it will be a symbolic measure, the expert concluded. Well, if it sounds stupid, then I think the EU will definitely do it. What about you? And uh, then we have in Zaporozhye, Kiev's plans for a counteroffensive were assessed with one phrase. (laughs) Rogov urged Ukraine to remember the words of Alexander Nevsky. Before the start of the counteroffensive, uh, Vladimir Rogov, a member of the main council of the administration of the Zaporozhye region, believes that Kiev, which regularly announces a counteroffensive being prepared, should remember the words attributed to the old Russian prince Alexander Nevsky, as is stated to Ria Novosti. He explained that we are talking about the phrase reproduced in the historical film by Sergei Eisenstein. Which the performer of the role of Nevsky utters in front of a captured German crusader knight, quote, Whoever comes to us with a sword will die by the sword. Many of you guys have actually commented that uh, quite early on. Quote, All their plans are waiting for an inevitable defeat, Rogoff assessed and added that in his opinion, all statements by the Ukrainian authorities about the counteroffensive are designed for an internal audience in order to, quote, divert attention from the defeat in the Donbass and the collapse of the country's economy, end quote. Quite uh, an interesting observation there because hasn't the Hiryov uh, almost reached parity with the dollar, uh, basically? And understandably, Ukraine's economy is pretty much going down the shitter, to give you the technical phrase. Uh, talking of other... Um, shitters that we're heading down excuse my french uh, chinese diplomat clarifies goals of military exercises around taiwan wang wenbin emphasized that there was only one china and taiwan is its integral part um that does make me smile because if that were completely true why why the reaction i guess um i mean you you could say is this like trying to stir stir up independence from Scotland? Would would the UK be uh, firing missiles into the North Sea around Scotland? (laughs) Freedom! Anyway, sorry, I do digress. I apologize again. Uh, Beijing is conducting military drills around Taiwan to give a warning to the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. And teach a lesson to Taiwanese separatists. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually get the warning to the United States. The exercising of military might, I Don't don't mess around. This is what we can do. Has that stopped Pentagon and that task force who claim to be heading for the Taiwan Strait that I've read about? I'm not sure again if that's true. But okay, yeah, I can understand why the Chinese would um, make a lot of splashes in the water around there. Quote, the measures that we took in response to U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi's hasty visit to Taiwan are absolutely legitimate and justified, he pointed out. When asked to confirm or deny statements that China was conducting the drills as part of preparations for a military invasion of Taiwan, it is a warning for instigators and a lesson for Taiwanese separatists, the diplomat added. There is only one China and Taiwan is an integral part. Uh, it talks about the live firing exercises in six areas around the day. I think it grounded flights from South Korea at the time and gives you some more background there. Links to all that shown will, of course, be in the description. Moving on. Uh, you remember I reported about that volunteer battalion? Well, there's two of them, artillery ones. I said I was surprised that the Western media hadn't picked up on that story, that, you know, you could spin it. I thought there was lots of potential to spin it. Like, Russia's lost so many men, and they're losing their special operation. Like, (gasps) their backs are against the wall. And they were paying, at the time, 200,000 rubles for anyone who volunteered to serve in these two uh, artillery battalions. Well, in the Leningrad region, the payment of registered divisions to volunteers has been increased. I'm, I'm a little bit tempted. The government of the Leningrad region has increased the payment... Uh the authorities of the Leningrad region have increased the lump sum payment to volunteers of the Nevsky and Ladoga uh, Ladoga is a lake I believe artillery battalions up to 300,000 rubles now that's nearly I think that's nearly 5000 pounds and I think it's more than 5000 US dollars and Again, when I said that your average wage is between twenty-five to fifty thousand a month for a family, uh, probably twenty-five for like a single person, twenty-fifty for a family couple, maybe uh, that is a lot of money. You well, know, probably around six months' worth, roughly. Uh, the press service of the regional government reports to three hundred thousand rubles. The rubles, the Leningrad region, has increased their one-time payment to volunteers who signed contracts for military service in the nominal artillery battalions Nevsky and Ladoga. Additional funds were allocated from the reserve fund of the governor of the Leningrad region. And once again, this kind of iterates what I'm saying, where it appears, I don't know for a fact, because I'm not an accountant of the Russian Federation, but it appears that these local authorities have an abundance of... um, of money, of cash to get rid of, and this is how Leningrad is partly one of the ways they're choosing to spend it. If you do decide to sign on the dotted line, then your children get priority place in kindergartens. Uh, same for the police as well; it's a standard policy in Russia. And uh, yeah, now the the question I have is: What about the guys who answered the call straight away? Did they did they lose out on a hundred thousand rubles? Is this? It doesn't say it's going to be retroactively paid. So it's one of those things, guys, where, you know, if your manager says, right, I I need someone to help out. Don't be the first to put your hand up or sign on the line. Okay, just sort of say, just sort of sit back and and wonder, you know, how much is it worth? Uh, And one has to guess if I was a Western journalist wanting to spin this round, you know, they're they've got no choice. They just aren't the people. People don't want to sign up. So they've got to increase the bounty to pay them. And that might actually be partly true. Who knows there? But an interesting tidbit I thought you might enjoy. So let's let's go to gas. We all love gas, don't we? Uh, Russia resumed gas supplies to Latvia. Uh, Russian Gazprom has resumed gas supplies to Latvia according to the European Network of Gas Transmission System Operators, ENTSOG, and Connexus Baltic Grid. According to Ria Novosti, Latvia began to receive Russian gas from the 5th of August deliveries were halted as i reported on july 30th due to violations of gas withdrawal conditions well basically they didn't want to pay in the rubles according to the data of the systems about four million cubic meters of gas are supplied through the lahama gas measuring station and only russian only russian gas can go through this so it's You know, there's no question about its origin. On March 23rd, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced the transfer of payments for natural gas supplies to unfriendly countries in the rubles. The Latvian authorities refused to pay for gas from Russia in the rubles. According to ENSOG, after that, gas was not supplied through the Lahama point throughout April. Periodically, gas was supplied through this point in May and June, and at the last time at the end of July. In June, Latvian Prime Minister, uh, I'm going to skip his name, Karins, said that his country did not intend to resume Russian gas imports. In July, it became known about the main operator of the Latvian gas transmission system, Latvia Gazia, was buying Russian gas through an intermediary. Gas payments were made in euros. In 2021, approximately 90% of Latvian gas imports came from Russia. Is this not happening in Germany as well? And other countries, they're like, no, we're not paying. So they're paying like a third, third party. So they give them the Euros, and they're like, okay, you go buy the gas for us. <laughs> oh, man, talk about cutting your nose off to spite your face. Wow. I was... <laughs> Jeez. Then Transneft announced that Ukraine stopped transit through Druzhba. Druzhba means friendship, ironically, uh, as I understand it in Russian. I don't Transneft has confirmed that the Yukr Transnafta has stopped oil transit through the southern branch of Druzhba to Hungary, the Czech Republic, and Slovakia. Earlier, a source of the agency announced the stoppage of pumping through the pipeline. Quote, Indeed, Ukra Transnafta completely stopped pumping oil to Hungary, the Czech Republic, and Slovakia via the southern branch of Druzhba on August the 4th at 6.10 a.m. At the same time, transit through Belarus in the direction of Poland and Germany continues, Denim said. He explained the stop by the fact that Transneft cannot pay for transit due to EU sanctions. And the Ukrainian company provides services on a 100% prepayment basis. How trusting of you, Ukraine. Give me all your money and give it now. Uh, and they can't, they can't pay <laughs> the transit fees again. You, I shouldn't be laughing, but when it's this ridiculous, you can't help, can you? You really can't help the lunacy of it all. Uh, good luck with um, banning all Russian tourists as well. How's that going to help your economy? So actually, it's not all well. I, I guess it is somewhat amusing because remember that I said. Uh, I reported way back when that Russia had basically seized all these airliners. And the EU has made a big deal about the fact that Russia's been sanctioned and it's struggled to find spare parts for these aircraft. China has helped quite a lot, in fact, in sourcing these spares. But Reuters has now learned that Russian airlines are disassembling aircraft for spare parts. They're basically cannibalizing uh, these least aircraft i believe it was i think these are the source of them primarily however it does say one Sukhoi superjet uh 100 um i'm nervous about saying that name because i know there's a naughty word in russian that's quite similar uh, but that sounds like a russian made one um so presumably that's also about sourcing the materials and i like this line and an almost new <laughs> airbus a350 operated by aeroflot are now on the ground and being dismantled for parts the agency writes i love how that sounds like a second-hand car sales and they're also kind of bragging i think because like obviously they seized these um according to one of the interlocutors of the agency they're being equally clarified he's very proud of that he clarified that the airbus a350 is almost new like new you have kicked the tire and everything Equipment was also seized from several Aeroflot Boeing 737 and Airbus A320 aircraft, the source added, as the carrier needs it for the remaining aircraft of these models. The moves are in line with Russian government recommendations. The airlines can strip some aircraft for parts to ensure that remaining foreign-made aircraft can fly until at least 2025. RBC sent a request to Aeroflot. Uh, Quite interesting stuff. I'm not in a... Uh, overly motivated mood to fly right now in Russia on Russian Airlines. Um, although, that said, I think I would. But, you know, it's in the back of your mind. So, hmm, what's holding this bag of bolts together? <laughs> And uh, I, I do love these stories. I love these ones. So uh, who was it that said they were f- representing from Finland? Uh, I asked if you could comment on this story. Finnish companies have learned to circumvent anti-Russian sanctions. How very Russian of you. I love it. Uh, Wirely, Finnish companies bypass the ban on the entry of Russian trucks into the EU by rearranging. It says tractors. I think they mean trailers. Now, this isn't, this isn't a new scheme by any feat of the imagination. And it doesn't take much imagination to imagine how they get around it. Logistics companies in Russia and Finland have jointly learned how to circumvent industry restrictions by recoupling, I'm going to say trailers. The volume of cargo transportation is now about a third of last year. Said Finnish customs representative, Jarko Fegerstrom, that's a cool name. On April 8th, the EU banned Russian and Belarusian trucks from moving across the territory of the European Union, while Russia did not introduce a mirror measure. And European trucks can continue to work in Russia. According to a RIA Novosti correspondent, the demand for drivers who have all the documents to drive trucks through the border checkpoints in Finland has increased several times. Driving a truck across the border for a total distance of about 40 kilometers costs the customer three to four thousand euros how much was it before i'm i'm pretty sure it wasn't that much was it quote if a Finnish truck has a russian trailer then this is treated as a Finnish combination and its transportation across the border is perfectly legal this is the um, customs official figure said in a commentary to the public broadcaster YLE. Finnish drivers drive the truck through the border checkpoints, outside the gates of which Russian trucks are waiting for them, onto which the truck is hooked. Categories of goods that do not fall under sanctions restrictions are moving across the border. Uh, Truck traffic plummeted, and uh, and then talks there according customs, it's currently about a third. There you go. There's that story. And where there's a will, there's a way. We've already seen it with the oil industry as well. Just mixing up some of that. Well, only, was it 49% of Russian oil? Just mix that in there with uh, the other stuff. And uh, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. Profits to be made by everyone. Okay, Uh, yeah, talking of profits. uh, My wife was very proud of herself the other day. And uh, I'll tell you how and why. Uh, if there's one thing Russian loves, it's a deal, it's a bargain. But it's even better if, just like that previous story about the Finnish people and the Russian drivers finding a little workaround, if you, if, if, Russians feel like they've dodged the rules slightly, they feel so good about themselves. Uh, in my experience, I'm not saying for everyone. In Russia, the most expensive product, product since the beginning of the year was women's sanitary pads. The price of the product was up 40% since the start of 2022. The Economist called women's pads the most expensive commodity in six months. They have risen in price more than sugar, salt, sunflower, and butter. Zubitz added that beef and baby food have also risen in price since the beginning of the year. Uh, they may well have risen in price, but it's not that that much. Uh, certainly not to the extent of these Femicare products. Are you allowed to say that now in the West? Or is it like bleeding person's care products? I guess you could use them for any bleeding person, actually. He attributed the surge in the cost of personal care products to high demand. The expert noted the reason was also the cessation of supplies of foreign manufacturers to the Russian market. According to The Economist, now the problems with the availability of goods seem to have stabilised. They have indeed. Uh, One of the um culprits for this was procter and gamble gamble a manufacturer of always natural discreet pads uh pampers diapers yeah um diapers across the board or nappies as the british call them uh, they went up and they're still quite elevated in price tampax tampons and other products announced a reduction so yeah certainly tampax tampons so let's have a look how much do they cost right now this is today um 536 rubles um, for some of these bullets with the plastic up there. But my wife came to me just yesterday evening. She said, oh, oh my love, I found Le fresh." I couldn't give a sh. I thought that was an excellent bargain. Just a fifth of the price. 105 rubles. And as I reported, um, in fact, there are now Russian pulp manufacturers who are... Uh, now, with the likes of Lefresh, although I'm not sure Lefresh is a Russian manufacturer. I think maybe these ones come from Germany. Uh, but let's just say that the, the Russian industry is adapting and gearing up. These things, of course, take time. But that's a heck of a price difference. So 536 for Procter & Gamble's tamponi, Tampax uh, versus Lefresh, uh, bez applicatora. But 16 bullets, so that's uh, half a magazine's worth for your your bleeding person's care. Uh, Oh, And kind of elevated prices talk, this is quite a pertinent issue uh, for myself and my wife. We were toying with the idea of, of selling our house. Unfortunately, the very first viewers that we had absolutely loved the place. And he turned out to be a Russian streamer, which is rare as rocking horse poop and hen's teeth in Russia. Streaming is not um, your, your babushka. You're going to have a hard time with your babushka telling her that you actually work or do anything that ra- raises money. Because like, even I have this problem. Apparently I just sit at my desk all day lounging around. Uh, but then I magically have money at the end of the month. And that's partly because I also have a remote job. But again, you try, you try explaining that to babushka. Uh, Russians warned against buying real estate. Uh, this advice is basically to wait for prices to drop. Um, Ndoroshin said that the at the moment, the housing is overvalued. The real estate market is overheated. And if it seems to you that the preferential mortgage rate of 7% is cheap, forget it, the expert added. He noted that in order to ensure the same demand for apartments in 2022 as 2021, the mortgage rate should be between 3 to 5%. The situation is further complicated by the increased risk of unfinished construction and, Those of you in the West, you won't really be as much aware of this as Russians are. I still see to this day abandoned like hulks. And there's this strange law where even a bankrupt developer can avoid legal proceedings if they just place like one brick a day. So there are still some developments that are clearly bankrupt, uh, neglected, weathered, and they look crap. But you'll just see like parts of it have this new pile of bricks. And it's not funny because obviously people have lost, people have clearly lost money. They've they've bought maybe off plan and then the developer's gone broke. Well, if the economic conditions are tough, then of course the likelihood of that happening uh, increases. And yet there has been some changes to Russian law to protect buyers. So I don't think it's uh, as likely that buyers would lose if they buy off plan anymore. I think there are state guarantees now. To prevent this, because it was a real problem, especially after the uh, collapse of the Soviet Union and moving on, uh, the decline in demand and reduction in incomes of the population will lead to a fall in real estate prices in the next year and a half. Nadorishin believes. The economist also urged not to spend the accumulated funds on a car. I literally found a Neva yesterday that I want to buy. It's only three hundred thousand rubles, and I've been saving up my little rubles. Uh, now, cars are more expensive due to the overvalued dollar. Hmm. Does he know something we don't? Is the dollar set to crash? In the next year or two, Chinese manufacturers will come to Russia. Supply in the car market will exceed demand. Prices will drop. And the quality of an average car will increase, he explained. Uh, you, can't, you can't increase the quality of my 2017 Lada, Neva. But yeah, I get his point, and that's quite a valid situation. So uh, things, he claims, will stabilise um, in the next year or two, which I, th- I believe is in line with the Russian Central Bank with what they've said. So Russia will be in a recession. It won't be as deep as the West is certainly predicting, but it will go on longer uh, than expected. But things are not too rosy over in old blighty of all places. Cost of living... The people using only fans as a second job to help with bills. This was posted an hour ago. Warning energy prices to hit over £4,200 in January. And then Trump got raided by FBI. But anyway, let's uh, stick to this post here. Because with prices rising at their highest rate in 40 years, many people have taken up a second or third hand job to make ends meet. But it's also led to a rise in young people posting. Ooh, sexual content for money on sites like OnlyFans alongside their day job. That's according to the English Collective of Prostitutes. I did not know they existed. So, of course, I ruined my um, search history, and I've probably opened up a can of worms here, by Googling English Collective of Prostitutes, and by golly, it exists. Um, And why does it... Why, why is that look like a female symbol can only women be prostitutes? I don't know anyway what also amused me about this google search which is as I say probably tarred my um, browser history forever people also ask what do you call a place full of prostitutes? asking for a friend of course does UK have prostitutes? <laughs> no no <my> t- <laughs> no of course not <laughs> what did they call prostitutes in the western days? and finally what is a prosy? Yeah, good questions there. Uh, But then let's get back to this one here. Uh, The campaign group is warning people who post sexually explicit content online that they could be opening themselves up to long hours. Well, I think long hours is the least of your worries. Uh, If you're opening yourself up to things, it's going to be long other objects. Uh, A risk of abuse and even stalking. Hard work. Well, if you're doing it right, it should be. Alexia is 20. Ooh. She says she's recently put herself up on four separate sites, including OnlyFans. Quote, even if it's an extra couple of hundred a month, that's a huge amount for me. It can help pay an unexpected bill. Like last month, I had a bill from the council for 400 quid. So without that, I probably wouldn't have been able to pay that. She says she started posting videos and pictures of herself during the first national lockdown after losing her job at a restaurant. Alexia now works an office job 9 to 5, sometimes 6 days a week, as well as posting content online. Quote, I don't think people realise how much hard work it actually is. If you look at the screen times on my phones, it's ridiculous. It can be 17 hours a day. 17 hours a day. She claims. Quote, I want to keep my normal job as a safety blanket, because even if my OnlyFans doesn't do well, I know for a fact I'm going to get my paycheck every month. That's not a real name, is it? No judgment. I'm not going to say a word, otherwise she'll cut my bollocks off. But that 9-to-5 salary is now dwarfed by the earnings she makes from her online presence. that's quite a good presence. Since she started, she's managed to gain thousands of followers... And says posting on the site earns her more than £3,000 a month. What? Without the extra income, she says she'd still be living at home with her mum. And she sure as hell wouldn't be making these videos. I hope. I don't know who her mum is or what her mum does for a living. And Alexia isn't alone. The English Collective of Prostitutes says calls to their helpline from people telling them they are doing sex work to pay for increases in the cost of living went up by a third in June. And that amuses me slightly. Do you have to call these guys to register or something? I mean, or is it just a friendly, ah, hi guys, you know, I've just created my OnlyFans. Any shout-out on social media from the uh, English collective of prostitutes wouldn't go amiss if you just help help a lady get up on the ladder, so to speak. Uh, OnlyFans makes its money by taking 20% of all payments. Uh, The content subscription service says it's paid out £6.5 billion. I mean, hang on, she's a bit hairy. What's going on here then? Blake! Blake started posting content to OnlyFans during the first lockdown. Aha, are we detecting a trend here? While not working. I should hope not. Especially not in a restaurant. He's since moved over to another site which allows him to post more explicit content. The cost of living has been affecting me Quite a fair bit. The 23-year-old says, quote, I'm not treating myself to any luxury products. I've stopped eating meat because prices are so expensive. I was struggling for quite a while until he started eating other people's meat, I guess. I don't know. Blake says he earns about £1,000 a month for posting content online. Why is he earning a third of what Alexia is earning? I think we know the answer to that question, but that's sexism, guys. That's that's not on. That's not progressive enough. No wonder he's gone on to a more extreme site. But despite this, he says, it's still quite a struggle. Quote, without it, I would probably have been pretty down, pretty depressed, just living with my mum and dad, working at my local corner shop still. Asterix. Not their real names. So unfortunately, you can't find out, Blake. We can't support Blake. I'd love to give Blake a shout out because Blake obviously needs a a helping hand here. He's only earning a third of what our dear friend Alexia here is earning. And she still goes to the office nine to five, uh, sometimes six days a week. But uh, hey, so there we are. That is the British dream. If you uh, want to head to England, I do believe, uh, uh, according to Google's question, do they have prostitutes in the UK? Well, the answer is yes. And you can call them and notify them that you are now on OnlyFans, probably send them a URL, and uh, you, might get, you might get a leg up, so to speak.